was people that do that stuff too, like, you know, four boners, five and a half boners. And I thought, but, you know, again, I'm concerned that all my reviews would end up the same. You know, I'd finish off like, psh, 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 and I'd be like, <sighs> that was pretty good. <clears throat> I liked it. If you like porn, you probably like it. Probably goes good with some weed. Um, <laughs> oh my God! What else are they talking about? Oh, the DNA stuff. You guys done the DNA stuff is very popular. You guys done any DNA? You haven't done the DNA testing. I finally got to take one of those DNA tests. Turns out I'm innocent. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, uh, I don't know why the thing. The thing they don't tell you. I'm afraid to take that test. Like we didn't wear condoms in the '80s. I don't know if they tell you this, but. The test not only reveals your ethnic background, it also tells you who your fucking relatives are. Like, if they've taken the test, like, that's not always the happiest news for some people. Like, I've heard some stories, you know, like, can you, they should call it the home records kit or something. Like, hey, did you get your 23 and Me results? I sure did. Let's see. It says here I'm 50% French and 50% our neighbor's my dad. Um, but there's a, there's a postman in Kentucky that has 1,300 illegitimate children. One county, one guy. By the 23andMe people determined this. He wasn't even embarrassed about it at all. He said, well, I had a really good Johnny Cash impression. <laughs> like, really? That's all? I mean, that's, that's, that, that's not even the joke. That's still the joke. It's, it's, I love it. But I had a really good Johnny Cash impression. I'm like, here all the time, I thought it was like go on a date, you know, get engaged, get married, have a kid, get divorced. Meet somebody, go on a date, get engaged, get married, have a kid, get divorced. You know, no, this guy just need a good rendition of Folsom Prison Blues. He's laying trim all over our county. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I've been married three times, and I don't think I would want to go through it, um, you know, again. Uh, I have a much younger wife now. The Well, I mean, the first time I should have known it wasn't going to work out. Let's put it this way. Um, here's a line you'll never hear. I was dating a stripper, and everything turned out great. <laughs> oh, so my wife a lot younger, and um, sex toys become an element in the bedroom. And when there's a sex toy in the bedroom, I feel like a comic on a show when I'm not the headliner. You know, because like after after the show to the headliner, my wife says, "Oh my God, that was fantastic." Then she looks at me and says, "Oh, you were fun too." Ah, something from the back of the room. So, you guys want to have some fun? Now I got, I got the, I got the room steaming for you, Anthony. It's just, it's just hotter than hot. Anthony, this man that I'm about to bring on the stage, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mangle this introduction just because he gave us a, ho a hosting lesson. Just an hour ago, I learned everything that I do wrong while emceeing from a grand master. But this man, I'm so glad to bring him up. He is he performs all over the county. Definitely listen to the podcast that he has on Mutiny Radio on emceeing. Please put your hands together for Anthony Medina. Thank you so much. I think Casey, the last time I saw you was uh, in the Tenderloin the last last year or two years ago, man. So, yeah, I'm glad you made it out, man, all right? Because when you make it past the Tenderloin, man, you're going to do some great things, like fucking coming back to this Mutiny Comedy Festival, yeah. Uh, it was, I used to work in the vibrator industry. Yeah, I used to be customer service manager for a vibrator company. So, like a high-end one, all right? So it wasn't like I was working in, like, 16th and Mission and stuff, right? Uh, 
I was like, but like, uh, we, I would have like people call in. There'd be a, some guys would be like, you know, I, I want, I want to get a vibrator for my wife, but I, I'm afraid she might not need me anymore. And I was like, well, dude, I don't want to talk to you right now. You know, <laughs> I can see why, you know, and the tricky part too, I get it. I get it. Cause the thing that separates what a vibrator can do is that it has RPMs. All right. You know what else has RPMs? A fucking car, y'all. All right? <laughs> a damn car has RPMs. But it's okay because they want that emotional connection too. All right, y'all? Yeah? Uh, I had to leave the, the vibrator industry, though, because it was a little shaky. You know? So there's my pun of the day right there, y'all. Um, is Trippy seeing uh, the differences between pre-COVID to now post-COVID? Like, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a former Division I athlete in cross country. Thank you. So, which means anytime a fight breaks out, I'm going to run and get help, y'all. I'm going to run and get help. But it's trippy because prior to COVID, you know, when, like, if you look at me for the people out there in the tune world, uh, I look like a Mexican lost samurai or some shit right now, all right? So, but also when you see this six foot Mexican running towards you, I can see why people would move away from me. You know, it looks like an Aztec coming for like, what the, what the hell? How he, they're back. How did, how did this happen? You know? But like back pre-COVID, the people were moving to me or moving away from me based on the color of my skin now. But post-COVID, it was potentially on what's on the inside of me, y'all. So see sip weather right there, y'all. See sip weather. Uh, it was trippy, uh, just like kind of going through all this whole COVID thing. I right before uh, that all went down, uh, my ex broke up with me, and then I qualified for the Boston Marathon a couple weeks afterwards, y'all. So just letting you know, um, you can fulfill your dreams. Just totally ignore your loved ones, y'all. Totally ignore your loved ones, and you can accomplish your dreams. She wanted me to empathize. I wanted to exercise right there. What's it called? Uh, it's trippy, though, like, because I had to, like, live with, like, right before lockdown went down, I had to live with, like, eight or nine other people in the same place, like, three floors and stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is where my life is going right now. All right, y'all. But now I got uh, like a little studio in downtown. I actually we're neighbors with Pam, so it's nice. We I could send her smoke signals, you know, <laughs> you know. So, but it, it's trippy, like just seeing like how we are now. Like I'm glad things are opening back up because, well, people are thirsty, y'all. People are super thirsty right now. It's to the point where fucking these dating apps are coming out with their own sports drinks. That's how thirsty people are. All right, now you got Barry Swipe Right, or aren't you a match? You know, so just letting you know, uh, in my profile for my Bumble and stuff, I have, like, I just start off with three things. Cause you know, you, you just got to filter out some people, you know? And the first thing that like, that, it starts off with, uh, please swipe left if judgmental about cannabis. So like me and Mary Jane have been in a relationship longer than any other. So I'm going to stay. I think that's why a lot of like my past relationships ended too. You know, it's like, this guy smokes a lot in the bathroom too. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Helps relax. Uh, the second one is open relationships because I'm open to being fucked over. Y'all that's what that means right there. And the last one is LA sports teams. Yeah. I know like people like, like me and then they find out from LA and they're like, ah, fuck this guy, you know, but it's okay. No, it's okay. That's how I got. And then not only that, um, I'm a teacher. So like, uh, yeah, like uh, I passed the FBI background check, y'all. All right. So no felonies. All right. Now misdemeanors. <laughs> now you got to have a little bad boy side, right? All right. What's it called? Uh, I grew up in South Central LA. A 
lot of people don't believe that because I'm alive. It was like some interesting wildlife in South Central. Uh, first one, uh, the hood rat or the hurata for the bilingual, yeah. You know, I did. I thought they were just in South Central, but nope, they're also in college as well, yeah. And they're also in college. Another one wild animal is the ghetto bird. The ghetto bird, very exotic to the inner cities of America. Uh, it's a police helicopter, y'all. A police helicopter, all right? And then not only that, you ever see like in those documentaries where like animals team up to help each other like a little bird cleans off the rhino or something and then the rhino gives it protection and stuff same thing with this ghetto bird instead of it had a, a wild pig on the ground y'all all right has a very aggressive mating call kind of goes like get down on the ground you're like whoa dude we didn't even go to sizzler or nothing man come on at least entertain me uh i'm bilingual you know so Maybe that well, trilingual because I did do eight years of customer service at that vibrator company, you know. That's why I like I talk like this, but when I go back to LA, I talk like this. <laughs> but uh, it's just like trippy, just kind of being bilingual. It's good for you for when you're applying for a job or for when you don't want to talk to white people, you know. One time, this white lady she came up to me. She said, "Excuse me, son, are you looking for God?" And I responded back with, "No, me speaky." Figure right away, right? No, she goes over, talks a little Latina lady. She comes over to me, says, "Oy, joven, está buscando Dios." And I'm like, damn, they got me. So I'm Mormon now. Uh, I actually grew up Catholic because that's what happens when you're Latino in South Central and shit, you know? Like, uh, by the way, my mom actually started finding out I was masturbating. She started noticing all the crucifixes blindfolded, y'all. She's like, why can't Jesus see? I'm like, because he needs to give me an hour too, ma. All right? I give him an hour each week. He has to give me an hour too, all right? Uh, but it's trippy, like, uh, I had a religious experience on an Uber pool, on an Uber pool, I had a religious experience, uh, you know, I ordered the pool, and then as I'm waiting, because you got that 12, 15 minute wait, because, you know, you're, you're saving three bucks, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, I, as I'm waiting, it's, uh, the Mormons are walking down, you know, and they're, you could tell, they're like, they're, they're recruited, you know, <laughs> so I was like, just standing, and you know, when, I'd be good pickup for any religion, you know what I mean? Like, if they, like this guy knows some people, you know? He could, he could bring others, you know? So, and then, you know, I'm also like to engage in a good conversation and stuff, and then I could tell they're going to come over, and, you know, I was like, you ever tell yourself, like, you know what, today I'm going to put myself out there, I'm going to talk to somebody new and stuff like that? And then you get into it, and you're like, damn, that was a bad decision, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's how I was with then. But then uh, my Uber showed up, and my driver was Mohammed. So I was saved by Mohammed, y'all. I was saved by Mohammed. So I get into the car and stuff, and then next thing you know, I'm like, oh, thanks, Mohammed. You know, <laughs> thank you for that pickup. You know, he's like, oh yeah, we just need to go pick up a uh, Jesus. I'm like, oh no, I owe this guy money. You know, it's been a while since I've gone. And you know, he's like, well, he always looked down at me like, where are you, Anthony? And I'm like, oh, I'm busy having a sex life. That's what I'm at, Jesus. Um, but yeah, that was my religious experience on the Uber pool. Um, it's like uh, cool being back with like SF doing its thing and stuff. Because like uh, it was just like trippy when everything was like locked down and like the biggest club was like Trader Joe's at the time, you know? And it's like, I'm surprised Corona beer made it this far, you know? Like there was talks, they were talking about like, draw, like dropping and stuff. And like, you know, and, and it's trippy because like, I look outside and it's like, oh, wow, this stuff's still going on, but we still got a lot of masks and stuff going on. I'm like, damn, every day it still feels like someone's going to rob me, you know? <laughs> still that feeling. 
but it's be trippy to just kind of see like uh what we get technology develops from this like i think we're going to get like a, a lot more uh like have you guys been seeing a lot of, like the ed pills are all out now and there's like there's like dozens of them now <laughs> i'm like oh wow i guess i should invest now all right you know late 30s might might look into it you know have it in the back pocket for a quick sec but uh it's just also like like with the technology and stuff like i'm trying to like figure out like like uh how people are going to move you know because now like people are coming back out again and i'm just like you know what we're going to shoot people out of cannonballs one day you know that's how it's going to be it's trippy like going into like the vr world now vr like that stuff is way trippy because i'm like what the hell like how would you know what's reality after a while you know what i'm talking about and just like it's just like life is going to be an ongoing thing of acid trips y'all all right it's going to be way out there I'm, I'm looking forward to uh the day when we come become one with the ai you know and then they're like eh, we don't need humans anymore uh all right like that's trippy like how like uh, the ais are gonna like there are some out there but i feel by now one would already taken over you know because like they're so smart they're like like you, like there, there was one movie where like uh they ended up becoming like the, in like multiple relationships and they're able to sustain that and i'm like so the ai is bisexual okay all right that is how it's going down uh i do feel like by the time I'm in my 70s. I do believe they're going to offer me like, hey, why not just download your consciousness into this robot? And I'm going to be like, I do have a lot of aches and pains, you know? <laughs> so that's going to be trippy. Whereas, you know, the, the kids these days, I ask them about that, about AI. It's like, or like in kind of becoming one with consciousness. Like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, what? No questions asked? <laughs> like, you don't want to uh, honestly hold on to your consciousness and be like, ah, you know? But like... You know, like it's it's just trippy. You know, like we're at we're, it's like we're on the verge of becoming like some type of super species, but then for some reason, like there's too much people like fucking shit up for us. <laughs> but kind of stay on your own path, y'all, because there's a lot of like people who just don't like you, <laughs> like, and it's like you can't let them kind of hold you down. You know, at the end of the day, you're like, who, who are you going to be having sex with more than anybody else? All right. Yeah. Yourself. Okay. So FYI, love yourself. I know it's tough for some comedians because they're like, oh, you know, like, uh, you ever hear like that whole uh, tragedy is comedy or something like that. But I'm like, yeah, but that's from a society that pushes negativity. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like, like all the big drama stuff is like, you know, I've been seeing fights early in the morning, you know, on my phone. <laughs> like, I'm like, why is this poof punching this guy? I don't know, but I can't stop watching, you know? So it makes me wonder, like, what if we saw like positive things, like besides just puppies and cats, you know? But like, uh, if you started like watching more things of how people are successful, how people are like doing things differently and like coming out of a rhino's butthole and stuff like that. It was, I, I, I was just thinking about Jim Carrey there. I don't know why. But uh, like I am looking forward to us kind of accepting the idea that maybe humans aren't not going to progress the world, you know? Because like as we kind of filter, like you know, we're kind of part machine now. Because like you ever like be listening to your phone and then you pull out like your headphones are all like all over the place. Or you, you got your injected right now, you know? Like we are already like part machine, y'all. All right, so. I'd like to have us have the discussion now of possibly humans are going to be something different 
in the future. And next thing you know, we're going to have this whole like catch 22 and stuff, but except we'll be aliens and we're not going to need to have sex because we're super happy <laughs> or like ultra thinkers. Ooh, we, I got, okay. I, I went to space there. I did. I, did. <laughs> I went to space. I like this guy over here, man. This guy's like in space right there too, baby. Woo. All right. <laughs> How much time am I doing, Pat? Oh, Casey. Oh, okay. How much you want? Okay. Thank you so much, Casey. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Like, uh, if anything's good seeing you, man. Like, uh, I like, I remember you from the last time and stuff. And I remember thinking, like, oh, you know, my credit score was all good. I trust you, man. You know, all right. So, thank you so much. Give it up for Casey McNeil. Yeah. And though you don't believe that they do, Anthony Medina. Yeah, we have a lot in common with the like the tough neighborhood stuff. Like, you know, you can shoot a few holes in the wall if you want me to feel at home. But you were talking about like the the ghetto burdens, like where, where I live in Somerville, like you never hear a siren. The cops are just always there. You're just like, boo! You're like, that's like a boo! And my hair is boo! Oh my God. Are you guys having some fun? I'm having fun. Are we having fun? I think we're having fun. I'm having so much fun, I want to bring up another festival comic. He's a local guy from around here. We're so glad to have him on the mic. Dash Renault! Thank you. Yes, Dennis Hopper, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Casey was talking about the whole 23andMe thing. My parents did that recently, and we found out that I'm related to Stephen Colbert. I hope he also got a notification. <laughs> uh, Anthony was talking about the experience of being Latino and dating. See, I'm paying attention. I'm doing the, I'm, I learned from your set about the, how important it is to follow people. My girlfriend is Latina. And uh, the other day I saw this t-shirt that says, chill out, bro, I'm legal. And I thought, man, I am totally going to have to get this for Jessica when she turns 18. <laughs> of course, now you want me to reassure you that my girlfriend is not, in fact, 17. Of course not. I just said she hadn't turned 18. You know, she could be 14. I'm sorry, I know not all ladies are familiar with or comfortable with jokes about math. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it's not like I could ask her for proof of identification. That'd be racist. You can't ask a Latina to see her ID. Come on. Um, I don't know if you've been to the zoo recently, but they've got these signs all over the zoo that says, no moleste los animales. Have you seen this? Well, like, what's going on in the Spanish-speaking community, you know? I tried to broach this with my friend. who was like, no, 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 it's, it's just a bother. I said, no, it's not just a bother. You need to stop molesting the animals. Seriously. Um, you know, back during the Trump administration, they were actually deporting people just for speaking Spanish. They caught a guy in Virginia speaking Spanish. They deported him for that. They need to send out a warning. I don't remember in third grade when I had to choose between Spanish and French. Like, one of these options might get you deported. The other option might get you a hand job in college. Um, I'm a doctor. Not, the, uh, not like a medical doctor. But, uh, you know, as long as Jill Biden's a doctor, then hashtag me as well. But uh, no, I, got, I got one of those legal doctorates. I mentioned that I'm a doctor in case there are any women out there listening uh, who might also be doctors because there's a study that says women with doctorates are principally interested in dating men with doctorates. 
And I think that's really interesting because there's also studies out there saying that men are principally interested in dating women under the age of 25. So those ladies better hurry up. Tight. That's a tight time gap. Um, but yeah, I live here in San Francisco. I'm a single dad. My son goes to public school here in the city. His mother is not pleased with that. She's worried that he's going to end up on the school-to-prison pipeline. I had to explain to her, Elon, I know you haven't been around much these past few years, but uh, our son is still white. Um, but it's pretty appalling that we have a school-to-prison pipeline in this country. Who signed off on that? I don't know if you've ever heard of a little project called Keystone XL, but it is almost impossible to get a pipeline off the ground in this nation, and yet we have a school-to-prison pipeline. Seems wrong. Um, parenting throughout COVID was difficult. It was very interesting trying to like raise a kid locked up in the house. I got to see my son's entire sixth grade experience play out right in my living room. The school bully would make him Venmo over his lunch money. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that he's back in school. I think it's much healthier that he gets bullied in person. Better. COVID was a weird time. I uh, I'd always wanted to have a rescue animal. Anyone else here? fan of like rescuing pets and stuff, rescue animals. Yeah. I'd always wanted one. So at the beginning of COVID, I drove down to Stockton and I dropped my dog down a well. It's okay. We got Lassie's help. He's rescued now. Um, now, the one thing that prevents me from rescuing a dog, honestly, if I would really love to rescue a dog, but call me selfish. I could not handle it if someday his birth mother were to show and decide she's ready to take care of him, you know? See, the, the woman gets the joke about adoption. Men don't know about all of this. Um, this is fun. I'm so glad I get to participate in the festival. This is just my third year running, participating in the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, ladies and gentlemen. It's such an honor. Um, I had some really amazing barbecue recently, and I want to say that it was the best barbecue of my life. It was certainly the tastiest barbecue of my life, but the next day it made me violently ill. It gave me total food poisoning. And looking back on it, I probably should have picked up on the serious red flag, which is that the mother of the pit master, who was also really involved in it, found me in the restroom and said this one expression. I'm sure you've all heard at some point before. Hey, shake it twice. After that, you're playing with it. You guys remember hearing that? You've heard people say that before. What an uncannily immoral thing to say. That is just an abjectly wrong statement. No one just gives up after two shakes. You know, you're going to ruin the rest of your day if you try and call it at two shakes. You're going to be walking around like this with urine dripping down your pants. It's horrible. Also, the inference is that if you didn't stop at two shakes, you're now playing with it. It's like, what, am I supposed to finish masturbating in front of this urinal? Like, oh, now, now I'm telling jokes about terrible things as children are walking down the street. At least you close the door in time. All right, before we lose Anthony Medina, ladies and gentlemen, since he was talking about AI, I'm going to leave you with this little joke. It's one of these little insider tech secrets. Have any of you ever wondered why Siri, Cortana, Alexa, all these AI digital assistants, they're all female? Have you ever wondered why they're all female? I'll tell you the real reason. The real reason we make these digital assistants female is that creating a female digital assistant only costs 82% as much as creating a male digital assistant. Some good savings. All right, you guys have been amazing. Give it up for your man, Chase. Keep it going for Dash Renault. We're here at the 2021 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the sixth annual. Hosted, sponsored by the wonderful, immeasurable, 
innumerable. What other ables are there to describe you, Pam Benjamin? You're the ultimate able. Pam Benjamin. Yay! And we are having some fun this afternoon. We're going to keep some comedy going. And so I want to bring up a man from Chicago. We had some very nice lunch the other day. Put it together for Ebo Brewer. I have a bad back, uh, so I sit down. No matter what the situation, I sit my ass down. Um, cops could pull me over and be like, sir, can you, can you do it? I'm not going to do shit but sit my ass down. All right, I'm going to sit on this curb, and we handle this situation. I know I'm going to jail. I might as well sit my ass down right now, and y'all figure out how y'all going to put me in jail. Because usually that's how a stop goes for me. It's like, all right, so... When are they gonna figure out when they're gonna take me to jail? That's just <laughs> that's just the thing. It's funny during the pandemic, um, there were still problems with uh, with uh, cops shooting black people. Um, I mean, like that. It, it's funny how being black was more dangerous than COVID. The cops, like, it's like I'm not gonna take that damn vaccine, but I'm gonna put my hands on a black person. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, it's funny cause, uh, the, 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 the vaccine, it made all the black lives matter allies. That's what they call, you know, the, the people that are non-black that stand for, uh, black rights are allies. I'm an ally. I'm like, you know, that means that, that, that means that you're willing to, um, sacrifice your life for a cause during a point of conflict. That's what an ally is. You're my ally. That means you're going against the access. And that means risking your life, but shit. Let it mean you keep having to wear a mask. You stop becoming an ally real quick. It's like, you didn't take the vaccine? Why didn't you take the vaccine? Well, systemically, there's a problem with vaccines and black people. So when we take a vaccine, usually there's some sort of experiment going on, which leads to things like sterilization, um, euthanization, and all sorts of different negative effects. So we don't really trust the federal government. But why don't you just put on the mask so I can go play? I mean, I see what you're saying, but, all, but can you just put on the mask so I can go play outside? There goes that fucking BLM shit. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, and then people, like, uh, they don't understand the concept of being black and what it entails. But they're ready to fight for it. It's like it's not it's not Coke versus Sprite, bitch. It's a it's it's a race. It's a, <laughs> there's a history involved. And right now they're trying to erase the whole history and act like it, it, it didn't exist. Like they're just trying to teach like slavery, slavery. <laughs> it's like uh, like they act like it's like slavery was the worst part of being black. Like the slavery because everybody's owned slaves. Slaves are a part of the human experience. There have been slaves from the beginning of time. Somebody was like, you know what, man? I feel like putting you in chains and making you do shit for free. That is just a part of being human, you know? But the, the, the unique thing that happened in America, after they freed us, they were like, hey, 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 what y'all doing over there? We're being free. You freed us, remember? You said, like, you know, emancipation, proclamation, you freed us. So we're going to go over here. We're going to build a town. And, uh, you know, turn up. 
So uh, we're free over here. No, no, no y'all need to cover. Y'all stay over there. We're be free. We don't need anything. We got everything we need. Chill. White people were not a fan of that at the time because um, we had all the skilled labor because of slavery. We knew how to do shit. Uh, and they were not a fan of that. They bombed us. A matter of fact, every time there was an aerial attack in the United States, it was against black people. And there were multiple ones. Yeah, it is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Huh? Anytime planes were used, it wasn't against terrorists. Hmm? wasn't against an invading army. It wasn't even during World War II or the War of 1812. They didn't figure out how to fly yet during 1812. So, hmm. But they can get some planes in the air for some niggas. I tell you what, they bombed the shit out of us twice. And a lot of people know about, because of uh, Marvel, um, they know about, uh, you know, it was Marvel did the Watchmen? No, it was somebody else did the Watchmen. It was Marvel? No, it wasn't Marvel. But some comic book show, they, they figured out, like, oh, that, 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 that happened in the United? That, that was real? That really happened? Oh, my God. Happened twice. There was this uh, organization called Move. They were uh, trying to just, just, man, we were just trying to feed ourselves. We were just trying to get away from, again, just getting away from white people. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, uh, y'all doing some fucked up shit to us. We're going to feed our children and whatnot and what have you. And we're going to have these buildings. Then we got bombed again in the 70s. These some good-ass bombs. They lit the whole block. They lit blocks on fire. And then when the fire department came, they are like, no, 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 let that shit burn. Is that not fucked up? I know. I know. But here's the rub. Now, in 2021, they tell us, like, you know what, you guys, you need to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, all right? Slavery was decades ago. You're still in poverty. You need to pull yourself up and stop, stop making excuses, all right? Stop making excuses, black people. Build up your community so we can burn it to the fucking ground again. Because we love that shit. That's what makes us happy. I know it's uncomfortable. I'm sorry, white men. I'm sitting here with three white men. It's un and you know what the thing is? The thing that's beautiful about black people is that we don't hold a grudge. We don't. Sometimes I wish we did, but we don't. We don't hold a grudge. You know, because we still, as much as you fuck with us, we still let you do shit with us. Look at Eminem. You know, we let Eminem in. Like, hey, man, you know, I like those bars, fam. Come on. You know? Kenny G. He's like, hey, toot that horn, white boy. Come on. You need to take a lesson, white people. Let us get in on some freedom. You know, like we share our music. Share some freedom. Let me walk down the street with a gun. I'm not going to shoot you, I swear. I just like guns. It's, I'm a big fan. Big fan of guns. Guns are fun. I mean, you could shoot them at anything and it's fun. But um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to be a part of the whole American citizen process. I am a big fan of American citizenship. I would like to do that. It looks fun when I watch it. I was watching that thing that happened at the Capitol. That looked like a good time. Just walking into a federal building, throwing shit everywhere. Man, that's like, that's freedom. That's actual American freedom. And that looked like a good time. Uh, 
niggas can't get involved in shit like that. We can't. I mean, we can't even start a basketball game in front of the Capitol if we just get there. It's like there's five niggas there. That's a whole team. Shoot them. No. So uh, it was just fun watching freedom be expressed. Um, and you guys did it. You guys did a damn good job. I mean, I know it wasn't you guys because it was the people that didn't lose any rights. That is amazing. That's amazing in this country. Like, people that don't lose rights be the most mad about rights getting lost. It's like, they're taking away our guns, our jobs. It's like, do you have a gun? Yes. Do you have a job? Yes. The one that get taken away. Fuck you. All right? They're taking away our freedoms. Which one? You know what? You know, you're pretty, you know what? You, that's not the point. But they're going to win. I don't know. I don't get the debate. I don't get. I don't, I don't get the outrage. I don't get any of it. Cause like, as a person who doesn't actually have those rights, I'm like, what? Like, so, uh, pray tell. What have you lost over the past ten years, as far as freedoms to be expressed in this country? I'm just sitting there, just like, what? What? Like, have you have you ever just been walking down the street and get the shit beat out of you? And not by somebody that was eventually caught and charged with the crime for imposing upon your rights. Anybody? 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 Any, any people? Are, no, no, no. Yeah, so you guys are still free. Hey, yay, America's free. It's a bastion of hope for everybody except a few people. And I don't understand how Asians skip the line. Like with freedom shit, like, like we were like, oh, Black Lives Matter, we're gonna get rights, we're gonna stop the cops from fucking with us, and then all of a sudden, we need to stop this Asian hate. What? What the fuck? What Asian hate? What is it? Everybody watched Crazy Rich Asians. They made a lot of movie money. What? What? And then the first person, you know, the first charge. That was uh, the first time the law was used. The the bill was executed against a person. You know who was executed against? A black woman in a nail shop because she didn't like the way her nails were done. That's what the fuck they supposed to do. What the hell? If anything, you should get my goddamn nails right. You you own the shop. And and an off-duty cop came by and was like, you know, I need to protect these Asians from this black woman's words. Because black words are apparently destroying Asians. We are good at making fun of Asians. I'm, I can't, I can't deny that. We will clown the shit out of some Asian people, and that will not stop. Not as long as they drive how they drive in Koreatown. I don't care what anybody say. You can, you could, you could cancel me. I've already been canceled. I don't give a shit. But as long as these motherfuckers get a turn signal right, take three lefts in one road. I don't even know how you do that. How do you make multiple lefts in the same road? Go to Koreatown. So, that's really all I wanted to talk about. Um, I'd like to thank you all, Caucasians. I appreciate you. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Ebo Brewer, ladies and gentlemen, I have only one correction. 
And that is a bold thing for a white man to say. But Ebo says, in 2021, they're telling us, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I got news for you, man. I'm 61 years old. They've been saying that shit for 70 fucking years. Okay, it ain't just 2021. Oh, now all of a sudden they're telling you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Meanwhile, you're in a, they got a system that's designed to fucking keep you down the whole time. And, yeah, so that's... That's my piece on that. So yeah, it ain't 2021. It's been that's been a fucking lifetime. Uh, that yeah. So we're having some fun now, and I want to bring up somebody that comes from my my neck of the woods. Uh, the first time I don't know, I think it was, maybe it was the first time I saw you. I don't know. Most of the time I've seen this man perform has been in a really, really nice little room in Quincy, Massachusetts, called Maggie's Lounge. We've done Pick a Side, Stupid There Together, a great podcast, and uh, some good shows in that, and he's hosted a great mic there, and I'd like you to put your hands together for Sean Rosa. Thanks, Casey. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, uh, I am, yeah, uh, it's been nice to get out here and, and come to San Francisco. I've been here for a few days, and it's been so Nice. Everybody is so kind and affable and just open with one another to the point where it's made me sort of have uh, like an existential crisis, you know, to the point where like I've, I've kind of thought that maybe I don't have crippling social anxiety as much as I've just lived my entire life in Boston, you know. It's just like, oh, maybe conversations are a lot easier when you're not worried that somebody's going to yell at you because the Red Sox played that day. Um, yeah, San Francisco is very, very nice here. I saw something that I had never seen before here when I was walking around. I saw a padlocked porter potty. Uh, I had never seen anything like that before. I was like, wait, are are they concerned that people are going to steal the poop? Like that, like, like poop thief sounds like a weird, crunchy slur for gay people anyway. It's like, oh, the, you got to watch out for the poop thieves in the Castro. Um, I, hey, I suffer from... Uh, major depressive disorder. I'm really glad there's been such a huge push in the last few years to destigmatize depression and anxiety, uh, especially because it enables younger and younger children to come forward about their experiences with mental illness. And like I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder when I was 20. And the worst thing about being diagnosed with major depressive disorder at 20 is they don't let you redo school. You just got to play on with the shitty score that you shot. You don't get to call a mulligan or anything. It's just like, oh, I had this debilitating disorder that caused my grades and social skills to suffer. That explains everything and changes nothing. Why would you tell me about that? I am so... Like, there is, like, I I feel it, it's great to talk about mental illness, and the, I think the more that people talk about it, the easier it becomes. Um, 
there is this persistent idea, this idea that stand-up comedians are all these irreparably broken, sad clown people, and that could not be further from the truth. That is not even remotely the case. Most people who do stand-up comedy are happy, healthy, well-adjusted people, and that makes it so much more incredibly frustrating that I am not. Oh, it's like, oh, I could have been fine and things would have still... Um, I started seeing a therapist uh, during COVID, a new therapist, and it's been very nice. Uh, therapy online, doing therapy online has been really great because it makes up for all the other times my computer has told me to kill myself. It's like, oh, I, uh, this new therapist is great, better never uh, get into an argument about which video games are good and, or not. Um, I, I think that dealing with depression has made me a much more empathetic person. Uh, you know, just trying to relate to people and their experiences. Like, for example, like one of my best friends came out as transgender a few years ago. And talk, like, it, it was really great having somebody, like, that I knew that well come out to me. And, like, before she had ever come out publicly, it felt really good. It felt like I got to meet someone I had known. Like, it, it felt like I got to meet a friend of mine again for a second time, which is great for me as somebody who suffers from crippling social anxiety. <laughs> Because, like, I love meeting new people as long as I'm well acquainted with them first. Like, I remember, you know, there, there are, um, like, I remember, like, th like, when she came out to me, just reading and studying up on, like, trans issues and culture and things like that. And I realized that I, I, I think the trans community got it right with the whole having, you, you can just pick your own name. I think more people should adopt that. Like, like, I think cis people should adopt that. Like, if you are like, you know what? Screw Dave. I'm Andre now. You don't have to be trans to be Andre. You don't have to be a giant to be Andre. You could be Andre of any size or any gender. But, like, like, I like my name, but that doesn't change the fact that I am a Sean from Boston. You've maybe heard, you've been listening to me for a little bit. I don't really present as a Sean from Boston. If you're hanging out with your friends and one of them says to you, yeah, hey, uh, my friend Sean from Boston is going to come by, your first thought isn't sensitive heartthrob? I, I can't wait to meet this this uh, handsome poet genius. No, your first thought is, oh no, I'm going to watch a man yell a racial slur at a fire hydrant. And it's not a question of if, but which one and why. Um, before, like, my friend who's transgender, she told me this story about 
how the first time she had ever tried to come out to somebody, and it was in high school, she told her high school girlfriend that she had this feeling that she was a woman inside and that she wanted to live, hopefully, at some point in her life, live her life as a woman, and which is such a heavy, heavy thing to have to come out and tell somebody, especially in high school, because I don't know if you've met high schoolers, not the best with expressing themselves and their emotions. Like, for example, when I was in high school, I didn't feel comfortable telling people that I didn't think the band Fallout Boy was that good. Which, uh, if you can't see me, uh, you know, I, I just have this swoopy hair, and it was even swoopier in high school. So, so I know what it feels like to tell people that maybe your insides and outsides don't quite match. Um, but her high school girlfriend told her, oh, if you were to ever come out as a woman and live your life as a woman, that's great, but I would break up with you because I'm not attracted to women. And I just thought, my first thought when she told me that was, tell me where she lives right now. I will fight her. I, I don't know how great of an ally you think you are, but, I don't, but you, have you ever threatened to find a stranger, knock on their door, and when they answer, shake them to the point and scream in their face, don't you know that love conquers all? But my friend, she was so cool about it. She was like, no, don't you understand that? That is like, that was her way of affirming my identity and respecting my, my feelings about myself and the way that I identify. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. That is the nicest way anybody has ever said no homo. Uh, all right, that's, uh, I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. And uh, let's give it back to Casey McNeil. Keep your hands going for Sean Rosa. Yeah, I think I think I want to be, yeah, I want to be known now as Maurice Fierro for the rest of the day, Sean. Okay? I won't take out, but Maurice Fierro sounds good. That's. I think Sean's right. You shouldn't have to be like, transgender to be able to do bold and unusual things in your life like like you guys know who the who the coach is the the of the of the patriots bill belichick yeah i think it would be really cool to find out that he celebrates a win by going home and dressing in drag and playing with my little pony or something i think that <laughs> a real win for the rest of us uh so let's uh i got i have to have the list now so that i can keep this list going Okay, we do have a great list. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad to see this name on the list. We have a great guest with us here right now. Please put your hands together for Lou Wyatt. Do you? Yo, yo. How is everybody? Me too. Me too. Hashtag me too. Um, sorry, that just came out. Um. No, I've been doing some soul-searching lately, and uh might be a little controversial to say, but I found out I was racist. I hate white people. <laughs> I fucking hate us. It's embarrassing. We claim white privilege doesn't exist. Explain tiny houses to me. You're never watching TLC, and it's like, 
Tyrone and Shaniqua are like, yeah, we really want to downsize from this apartment in the projects. <laughs> you know, it's always like this white couple that's like, you know, we just couldn't keep up with the six-bedroom house. Um, we wanted to uh, live a little more minimal minimalistic. Like, so you want to pretend to be poor? <laughs> Is that, <laughs> that's what's going on? It's upsetting because my mom is in a tiny house, so <laughs> this is clo close to the heart for me. I hate my mom. She is also white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like, you know, so much white pride these past few years, the Trump years, I'd say. Kind of freaky, you know, like uh, Florida's pretty prideful. But I feel like Texas kind of takes the cake, <laughs> you know? It's like, run by a bunch of old whites. So I guess the abortion thing makes sense, right? Because <laughs> like, if I was an old white guy running Texas, I don't want anybody to know I got my daughter pregnant. <laughs> so, <laughs> their excuse is they don't trust the doctors. But you know, abortion's a pretty touchy subject. Um, I do like when celebrities get involved in these conversations. You guys uh, know Uma Thurman? Quentin Tarantino heads out there. Sweet, sweet. Me too. Um, yeah, she came out with a story uh, just to get in the conversation. She was a young actress, 15, traveling around Europe, you know. She fell in love with an older guy. She never said who. But um, she got knocked up, and uh, it pretty much would have ruined her career. We would have never seen the twist in Pulp Fiction, you know. Never seen Poison Ivy in live action. <laughs> She could have not done that one, but, um, but you know, she said she she had a difficult conversation with her parents, and they came to the decision that, you know, the point is she had a choice. She made the choice; it was her choice. But the weird thing about it, <laughs> she said she had already named the kid Bill. So, <laughs> she killed Bill, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's where they got the idea for the movie. <laughs> I'm just trying shit out here, okay? <laughs> but again, like I said before, I'm racist. Um, which sucks, because I did a 23andMe to try to like justify my racism, and I found out I was 53% Nazi. Bummer. <laughs> so, any Jewish people, I apologize. But I'm also 0.3% North African, so you guys owe me an apology, kind of. <laughs> having fun. We're having fun. Mutiny Radio. Love it. Um, any relationships? You guys dating anyone? Cool. <laughs> Happy to hear it. Uh, sometimes I get into fights with my girlfriend, you know. There's things that you can't help. Not everyone lines up politically, as we've learned by watching the news. Um, but yeah, I was in the bathroom one day, I forgot my phone, and when I don't have my phone, I just start to read some labels, you know, like toothpaste, soap. I usually do this so I can set stuff aside to test out on my dog if it hasn't been tested on animals, because I want to make sure it's good enough for me. Um, but no, I got to her tampons. Luckily, those were tested on animals, so <laughs> didn't have to put one in Frank. 
Um, but yeah, it said made in Israel on them. And for a guy who just found out he was 53% Nazi, this is a bummer. You know? Um, I was upset and I came out and I'm like, babe, are you taking a stance here? Picking sides? You're going to support Israel with your own blood? Um, baby, I don't think you should trust them with your vagina. They can't even contain their own mess. You know? There's like as many dead children in Israel as in Texas. That's another thing. Back to abortion. <laughs> the fun stuff. I don't understand. Like, at least if the doctors do it, don't they go to heaven still? Because I've heard some stories about babies like hanging themselves and. <laughs> Get it? It's an umbilical joke. Maybe I should have cut the cord on that one. <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully I do better later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, and like everyone's upset, like Confederate monuments, take them down. I'm like, yeah, we could take them down, but why don't we just build like a little theme park, call it like Ku Klux Disney Clan or something, I don't know, you know? And all the racist whites can go to like Minnesota and check out their statues, but if they hand in like their clan hood, they get free entry so they can never hide behind a mask again. You know, keep everyone happy. I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah. No, sorry. I was just thinking about how much I hate you, white people, right now. <laughs> sorry. I just remembered. I just remembered why I hate you guys. You have no sense of humor. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what it's all about. Um. Anyone have a racist grandma? Perfect. <laughs> uh, my grandma's so crazy. Uh, the first time I introduced my girlfriend to her, she knew we were moving to San Francisco. She loves Fox News, let's just preface it with that. She goes, hey, if you guys run into Nancy Pelosi on the street, could you shoot her? <laughs> this is my grandma, hey. <laughs> This is what you're getting into. But, I mean, I guess she does have dementia, so she gets to play that card. <laughs> ah, I didn't mean to say the N-word at brunch. I'm like, Shut up, Grandma. <laughs> Crazy bitch. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania. If that seems cool and fun and interesting, probably not. But, uh... You know, another reason I did that 23andMe was just to make sure that I was fucking my cousin. It's kind of what we do there. I have it, uh, my sex sheet. I put a little hole in it. No, f no kissing. No face stuff. You know. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Back to the tampons, though. Uh... We, we we did come to uh, what I like to call our peace agreement, kind of. It's like, I'm like, all right, baby, you can use these Israeli tampons, but we're only using butt plugs that are Palestinian in this household, okay? You want to put a little Israel in you? I'm going to put a little Palestine in me, okay? Like, <laughs> that's how this shit goes. Give and you get. Even trade. 
But anyway, I think I'm going to get the hell out of uh, here. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for being fun. And uh, we'll see you around this week for the Comedy Fest. I plan to sweeten this date later <laughs> for my jokes. Lou's talking about that DNA we established. I am afraid to do that. I already know how my results would turn out. I'm 50, I'd be 50% Irish and 50% hillbilly. It just means I grew up too lazy to beat my children. Some of you are like, no, wait, which side is the... But no, yeah, it's like my kid has, you know, I have the ADHD, and my child also has that. He's 11. You know what they give the kids for the ADHD? Speed, meth, methamphetamines. I'm like, that's great. Just throw in a drum set and a pitcher of Kool-Aid. I'll shoot myself on Friday. Um, but now I'm the laziest parent ever because when, you know, he gets out of line, I'm like, I'm like, listen, hey, you, come on, get over here. here. Take my phone. Go play that game you like. Now, you give me any more lip, you'll, I'll give you the tablet. You'll be out of my hair for hours. Uh, so, you guys ready to keep this going? Yes, we are. Woo! So, now we've got a great comic all the way up from Los Angeles, I would say, right? She's from Los Angeles. And she's very, very funny. I've enjoyed her sets all week. Please keep your hands going for Christy Barnard. Brought my own mic. I also brought my own lunch because I didn't know what you all were serving here. <laughs> JK. Uh, did anyone uh, up their drinking in the quarantine? I definitely did. I was drinking a lot. Did anyone reach that stage where you would just break a dish so you wouldn't have to wash it? I did. It's because... Um, Drunk uh, dishwashing is is very clumsy. Soap is very crazy. Uh, so I was <laughs> walking down the street a couple days ago and met a very cute dog, and I asked the owner what, th what its name was, and she said, Carl with a K, like I was about to write him a check. Um, and I think she just wanted me to know that it was like Carl as in Marx, not as in Winslow. Um, so that's fine. Uh, so I am an attorney. I think you guys, uh, have known this, uh, after hearing a few sets of mine. Um, and one of the interesting things that we had to do was, uh, conduct investigations, workplace investigations. Like if there was a report of discrimination, we would go in there, conduct an independent investigation. One time I was interviewing a C-suite gentleman um, in this company and I asked him if there were any instances of racism or sexism he had witnessed. And he said that one time after a board meeting, uh, he and a bunch of the gentlemen went to dinner and somebody brought their friend who was black at the time. <laughs> I was like, hold on, black at the time. Is he still black? And also, are you that uncomfortable saying black that you have to hedge it with being like, as far as I know for now, I haven't double-checked. 
and then he went on to say, and somebody at the dinner table said something like, DC is too black, but I knew what he meant. I said, and what was that? And he said, he meant politically. And I thought, that's not better. Still, <laughs> still bad. So sometimes you just have to keep a straight face uh, when you're interviewing people. And that's the, the hardest thing to do is interview people without judgment on your face because I've been told I have very expressive eyebrows. And that's why I can no longer practice law. Um, yeah. So I am trying to think if I want to like do some new things or is this just kind of like a free for all? All right. So in the, in the law, law theme, I think it is insane that we still have juries. I know that like part of the constitution, the whole point of constitutional right, you have a jury of your peers, right? And that is presumably so that there is a modicum of reasonableness or at least some sort of uh, universal moral standards about how a reasonable person would act in a certain situation, whatever, whatever. But like, I think we're at the point in history now where like, I, I wouldn't even put away, I wouldn't turn off my phone and listen patiently to anybody let alone uh, uh, two strange attorneys <laughs> in a jury. And it's just wild that at any moment's notice, the government can be like, hey, what's up? Are you busy? Cancel your plans for three weeks. Turn off your phone and come over and listen to a series of facts and witnesses. And you're going to have to decipher the credibility of both of them. And then you're going to have to make a decision about who will live or die. You busy? Doesn't matter. It's a crime not to come. Um, so, yep. So that was basically, if, if I, if somebody had said this bit in front of me, I would have been like, so your point is juries are weird. Got it. Um, I just think that we're no longer, pe peers is a really, uh, really generous word. Because if you've ever uh, been in a jury in, in, LA County and I, I'm not even sure I'm not even I'm I just I just don't know what what peer group what what that means I think peer, I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need a dictionary um I once had to go to a foreign uh, and by foreign I mean unfamiliar courtroom uh in Benicia I think or no Martinez Martinez which is like an hour north of here north and uh, east. And I was looking it up on Google and there was a Yelp review, there were Yelp reviews for this courtroom. And I know that there are Yelp reviews for everything, but it's just bizarre. Like somebody gave one star because they were denied their constitutional rights, but then added flaming hot Cheetos in the vending machine were exquisite, however, fair trade. Um, no, that's not true. I just don't think that you should, I think there are some things that you shouldn't be able to, um, leave Yelp reviews for. All right. Do a couple of ones that you've probably heard already. <laughs> What's your name? I haven't met you before. Or me, did we meet? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Yes. Wait, don't tell me your name. Okay, good. 
I'll think of it. Um, I remember because you, you told me you had a tag for me one day and then you never, you never followed up with it. All right. <laughs> you couldn't remember what it was. All right. Well, let's, let's jog your memory, shall you? Shall you? You went up already, didn't you? It was about Brett Kavanaugh. All right. So let's go there. So, as you know, there's a lot of condescension if you're a female in any industry. Law, comedy, doesn't matter. Pick your poison. Um, case in point, I once got a little notebook at a female workshop for, or, or workshop for female attorneys. And the notebook said she believed she could, so she did. It's just great, but also insulting because I, uh, no male would ever get a, note, a little notebook, like small for your little thoughts. That said, he believed he could. And that's because if, if they made that notebook for men, it would just say, he did it. <laughs> he did it and he got away with it. He didn't even get jail time. He's on the Supreme Court now. That one. And that joke is about everyone on the Supreme Court currently. <laughs> yeah. I do like having an analytical mind, but sometimes you do have to turn off the faucet. Sometimes you bring, you know, you bring a gun to the knife fight, so to speak. I was once at a restaurant and asked, hey, which is more popular, the chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, oh, wait, now I fucked up the joke. I'll start over. Which is better, the chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, well, the chicken's more popular. And I said, not my question. And was politely escorted out. One star. I don't know. I do like to be in LA. Even I, I mean, I, I haven't been there for that long. I moved back. But it, it's, it's really fun. You get to know a lot about everyone you meet. Um, it's the only place I've ever been where your waiters will tell you their dietary restrictions. And that's really fun. I once asked the waitress, how's the burger here? And she said, oh, you know, I'm actually abstaining from meat and I'm on a cleanse right now. I said, oh, are you abstaining from doing your job as well? Because this is not helpful. I didn't say that. I said, not my question, and then was politely escorted out again. Can you believe this was on the same day? So upsetting. Then I went to a third restaurant, third time's the charm. So I says to the guy, I says, do you eat meat? He says, ma'am, this is a pet store. So stupid. Said, but answer the question. Um, you, yeah, you got to listen to the answers they're not answering. Um, so... This is me humming into the microphone so everyone at home listening on the radio knows I didn't die, didn't drop dead. Um, so I was raised Christian like many people in this room. And I still identify as a Christian, but I know how off-putting it is to be a Christian because when I meet another Christian, especially if they put on the dating profile, I'm like, ew, what kind? On the count of three, let's just say what Jesus' race was. One, two, three.
two, three. Oh, no, sorry, not my kind, not my kind of Christian. No, 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 no. I disagree. Oh, no, did I just delete that? I think I just accidentally deleted it. It's fine, we'll, we'll get it back later. Okay, so... <laughs> I wonder how, is there any way to tell if there's anyone actually listening? Pam, is there any way to tell if anyone's actually tuning in? That's not how the radio works, Christy. It's like radio waves. Okay. All right. Well, I was at a bar the other day with a friend. We were just hanging out. She's on the rebound right now because she broke up with somebody. I didn't realize how on the rebound she was because we were we met these guys and we were kind of flirting with them. And then she just started getting really aggressive and was like, yeah, well, I fuck on the first date. So and I was like, Jesus, I thought I was flirting when I asked the other guy, like, so do you watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> Clearly I was not. I think that there is a formula the more disclosure you have, the more effective your flirtation is. But only up to a certain point. So like, up here, a little bit of information, like I'm a Libra. All right, a little bit of information, a little effective. Up here, a lot of information, like something like, I like to be blindfolded during sex. That's a lot of information. That's a very effective flirt. But then, uh, there's a, such a thing as too much disclosure like, uh, I have depression, anxiety, and HPV. It goes d all the way back down. So it's like a bell curve, you know? So you just want that sweet spot um, of, of disclosure and fl flirtation. I'll write down the mathematical formula later for you if you're interested. Um, but I do, I do have a hard time on dating apps because I flirt like I'm the sole woman in a 1940s newsroom. I'm like, hi, you fellas, that pickup line's so stale, you take it to the park and feed the ducks, you see. And I once started a Bumble message with the word pray tell. He didn't respond, and that's okay. I respect him more because of it. Um, <laughs> so, I'm wondering if anyone has put fitness as an interest in dating apps. Have you done that? Yeah, I can't stand that because when I see that, it's like, oh, it's not swimming, not biking, just fitness. Presumably, it's my fitness they're interested in. Like, it's basically like you're putting fitness. You're not into fitness. You're into hot people. Just say that. It's like when guys write, looking for a cool girl with no drama. That means please don't share any of your feelings with me. And that's fine. It is really nice to not be at a law firm anymore. Um, I went from just spending day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours, just absolutely hating my job and hating life. And now I get to spend day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours, hating myself. Way, way much, more of an upgrade, I would say. Um. I'm going to have one more crack at this. I think my dad became a doctor just so that nobody would tell him what to do. 
like he always sits outside in the sun for hours and hours and hours and he just is like it's so dark and he has all these like little like moles and I'm really worried about and I'm like dad really gotta put sunscreen on and he's like it will be fine I'm fine and then I'm like dad I, I think that's that one looks really bad that mole you should really check that out and he's like which one of us is the doctor here and I have to shut the fuck up because he really he he, he wins that one um all right I've heard one more thing I've heard that a lot of people are like into incest porn call me old-fashioned but I'm just not into that whole concept of incest porn Call me really old-fashioned, and I'm back into this idea of incest porn. <laughs> all right, that's going to be all for me. Thanks for listening. Give it up for Casey McNeil. My mic is on, Christy Bonner. Doing all original material, albeit one joke, I think. I saw all that shit is new, and I loved it. Give her another hand, because I heard her working on that, and that's why I know how good it was. Everyone in the room was dying. They were. And I, no, no, I mean, everybody was dying laughing. It was great stuff, the whole room. And it's good. No, I loved it. I it's okay. We're workshopping. We're we're. You did crush it. There's three people in the room, and we were all laughing. How much fucking better can you do than that? Three people all laughing. Now that's good. When you got a room of three, and they're all you're doing better than I did. So don't sell yourself short because I didn't get the laughs from these fuckers. All right. So knock it off. All right. So yeah, and I'm still workshopping because I can. We have another comic to come up, but I'm gonna do this bit because. I, I want it because I, it's, it's not even written. Um, <laughs> Sean made me think of this. He was talking about Boston people and their their personality. Uh, they have a very interesting person. They have a very interesting way of showing love. When I first moved to Boston, I remember it was the middle of wintertime, and I walked out in front of this hotel, and I slipped out of my feet, and this bam, right, fell right on my ass. These two guys came up to me and said, Hey, hey, y'all right, kid? Cause y'all said, hey, y'all right, kid? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. They're like, great. Could you do that again? Um, but what I've come, I just recently found this out. I don't even know how true this is, but for the purposes of the joke, it is true. Um, I have heard that, you know, English people did not have the English accents that they have now in the time of the Revolutionary War. And then in point of fact, Bostonians spoke largely the way they do now back then and that that's supposedly the oldest accent and most original you know accent and the accent everybody used in those times and I just think to myself how much less romantic history is when I think about Bostonians back in you know the revolutionary times like like Paul Revere's ride day you know it's like those rat bastards are coming no they're coming we got to make the ride and do the church and all that shit no, you, <laughs> yeah, we're going to meet at Moz for coffee after. No, Sully, it's fucking, no, Sully, it's fucking one if by land, two if by sea. Yeah, meet at Moz, meet at Moz for coffee cake after. <laughs> no, no, don't bring Sheila. Tammy can't stand her. <laughs> so that is in its infantile stage, so thanks a lot for a giggle. I'll take a giggle on that. And now I have a comic that is, that I have to tear away from, 
deep conversations in order to be brought up on the stage. She is the founder of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We love her. She has been an absolute gem for years in this thing. I can't believe all the work that she does, and she's still funny. Please put your hands together for Pam Benjamin. I'll just use this as an impassioned plea to say, please, if you're listening, come to the Scott Capro headlining show tomorrow, please. Uh, I lied to him and told him that there might be 80 people total, and they were like, ooh, that's not good. You need to have a consolidate to one show. And I was like, I was so inflating my numbers. When 12 people, when 12 people walk in, that's going to be mass humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I was gonna do jokes, but I'll just I'll just run one because I. Um, you were talking about football or Bill Belichick or whatever. I'm kind of mad at that. That guy, that who's that perfect guy? Tom Brady. Well, like he. Uh, I feel like they're misusing his talents. It makes me kind of angry, you know, because they keep having him running around on the football field throwing the ball, and really, they should just lock him in a closet and he should be jizzing in cups so he can impregnate as many women as possible because there's, there's the next president in that nutsack. I'm sure of it. Get him off the football field and into everyone's hearts. I mean, vaginas. I learned a lot about, you know, being a woman from reading the Bible, and it did. Everything I know is from the the book of Esther, really, the incredible book of the Bible. Esther, she saves the entire Jewish people. How does she do that? Is she clever? Good at puzzles? Incredible orator? Nay. <laughs> she had a hot rack. It didn't look Jewy. Her name was Sadasa. They changed it. That was it. She just didn't look Joey. Okay, well, impassioned plea because tomorrow, like, even tonight, you know, usually my Asiento uh, shows on a Wednesday always have, like, 20 people, and there's nine people coming to two shows. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Is it because? But then it's like if you don't charge money, people don't have see value in it. You have to charge them something so they see value. But then if they don't want it, they're like, I ain't going to pay. So it's like, do I just take the ticket price? I don't know what to do. Anyways, enjoy the rest of the festival. Stage time in front of no one. Yay. We know that we're rallying the Mutiny Radio Army to come out to to El, the El Rio Theater tomorrow. Two shows with Tony Sparks. One one show. It's oh, at eight o'clock. Show. It's at eight o'clock. I had to consolidate. There's only eight, one show now. One show at eight o'clock with Scotty Capuro and Tony Sparks, as well as all a great selection of Mutiny Radio Comedy Fest folks. So come on out. Get your tickets while you can. We've been here at the 2021 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the sixth annual. Doing a little working out this afternoon for you, just for you. 
We have jokes for each and every one of you. We don't know when they'll hit you. <laughs> so you have to stay tuned in. All right, we're going to be back very soon. That's right, back again with your host, Frosty Nugs. This is Soul Sausage on air. To the right, my co-host, Hippie Sean. What's happening, Hippie Sean's bitch? What's happening? How you feeling, brother? Fucking great. Fantastic, Good times? Always. Hell yeah. Great vibes here over at Mutiny Radio. Uh, kicking to you live. <coughs> We got in the studio with us, uh, Rolando Roblero. He's a Bay Area comedian. Really cool dude, really funny. Uh, he's gonna be kicking it for a little while. Might have a couple other special guests drop through. Uh, how was your week, Sean? Fantastic, always. Did you get, in, get into anything funky? Uh, shit, I can't fucking, I don't know. I just, every day is fucking something. I just helped paint the station today, so... That's that good, yeah, Mutiny's looking great. That is true. Uh, I got here a little late, but... Uh, pitch in a little bit. Supported a few other uh, shows here. Everyone did great. Mikey Valentino, uh, very nice to meet him. Runs an open mic. And of course, Pam Benjamin's Joke Workshop. Uh, actually getting me to do comedy for the first time in life here. Or second time tonight. It was uh, definitely better than the first one. Uh, relatively the same jokes, but good times, good times. Uh, what are we gonna do tonight? What do you, what do you, what do you want to play, Sean? What do I want to play? Yeah, you got anything kicking? Uh, I got. I mean, yeah, we're gonna play. Some I can good get shit. it kicking. Don't worry about it. I definitely will get it kicking. We're gonna play some good shit. Can I? Can I, Sean? Go ahead, man. Can I kick it? Go ahead. 
Kiki. like a tribe does before this did you really know what i was comprehend to the track force why cuz getting mentions on the tip of the vibe buzz rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug if you feel the urge to freak do the jitterbug come and spread your arms if you really need a hug afrocentric living is a big shrug a life filled with that's what i love a lower plateau is what we're above If you diss us, we won't even think of We'll nip of the dog and give a big shove This rhythm really fits like a snug glove Like a box of positives, it's a plus love As the trial flies high like a dove
y'all. Uh-huh. Yeah, y'all. You're on point five.
All right. That was, of course, Soundgarden with Outshine. Before that, Tribe Called Quest. Can I kick it? In-house, Bay Area comedian, Rolando Roberto. Getting the game. How you feeling? Welcome. You can talk into the mic and listen into the headphones. Yeah. You don't really have to have them on if you don't want to. Oh. You hear anything? Okay. It's all good. Just hold on. We're going to get you set up. There it is. 